Good morning, everyone. Now, as Tom just told you, I'm Meryl Gibbs, and I'm a student here at St. John's. Now, for those of you who know about the St. John's reputation, you're probably expecting some erudite speech about the many hours I spend laboring over my homework or furiously studying for the next standardized test. However, you've also heard from Tom that I'm a professional model. Now, I can understand how some of you might see these terms as somewhat contradictory. After all, everyone has heard of the term model student, yet few know of a student model. <laughs> This term in and of itself reveals the nature of my academic and professional career, as I always consider myself to be student first and a model second. After all, I've been a student since my youth and have only modeled since I was 12. Many of the models still consider me to be a baby in the Houston market, as some of them have worked for over 20 years. However, I digress. The different stereotypes associated with both of these terms can often prove to be egregiously erroneous. For example, St. John students do manage to get out of the house on average once a month. If we're feeling really adventurous, we even go out on school nights. It's true. And many of my model friends are pursuing degrees in the sciences or humanities, and even have separate professional careers outside the modeling world. Now, some of you probably have a few questions about mysterious and arcane subculture that is modeling, and I can assure you that it's not quite as glamorous as it seems. Though on shows such as America's Next Top Model and, you know, Project Runway, the girls are portrayed to be catty and very dramatic. However, this is usually due to producers, you know, fomenting conflict. Now, if another model were to come speak to you, her Perspective on the industry could be completely different. However, from my perspective, um, from my impression, the actually first I'd like to dispel another myth that modeling is easy work and requires no effort whatsoever. This is false. I would love to see the most hardworking business person in America or the strongest Olympic athlete try to. Balance on eight-inch heels while simultaneously dealing with a grumpy New York photographer who has a very particular vision of what he wants his end photograph to be, while also dealing with a makeup artist pulling at your eyelids to apply more mascara, with another hairstylist yanking at your hair so that she can tease your hair.、Um, I would also love to see anyone all really try to walk down a runway without twisting their ankle, which I have done on several occasions. Or without falling flat on his or her face, which I have not done yet. <laughs> Knock on wood. Anyway, the, these are not the only obstacles models face on a daily basis. For example, our careers depend on our being able to keep our hair looking nice, our skin clear, and our being able to fit into the same tiny jeans we wore in the eighth grade. It also depends on our being able to pull off looks such as. Blue Steel and Magnum, with the same ease as Derek Zoolander. In all seriousness, these obstacles that models face on a daily basis reflect a troubling trend within many young women and girls. More and more young females, whether employed in the fashion industry or not, are being diagnosed with symptoms of anorexia or bulimia. However, in order to have an eating disorder, you do not have to starve yourself for weeks on end, 
or even induce vomiting after meals. Merriam-Webster Medical Dictionary defines an eating disorder as any of several psychological disorders characterized by the disturbance of eating habits. This means that the number of women or young girls with eating disorders is even higher than estimated, as they probably do not consider their obsession with food or ritualizing of meals to be eating disorders, because it does not fall under the normal category of anorexia or bulimia. Now, many, many people think that. The idealized body type that encourages many women to diet extremely, and even men, is perpetuated by the media and by advertisements, and that this ideal body type takes shape in male and female models. But does this mean that, as a model, I am personally responsible for the lowering of self-esteem of women worldwide? As a woman and a feminist and a professional model, I have often grappled with this idea. Um, aver- um, slender models are many. I will admit that many women in the modeling industry are quite slender. However, I have never known a single model in the Dallas or Houston market to have any kind of eating disorder. Some women are born quite slender, whether due to genetics or due to healthy eating habits accompanied by routine exercise. However, some women are not this way naturally and do go to dangerous lengths to get that way. For example, a few years ago in Brazil, two models died almost in succession after walking the runway because they were so undernourished. Their deaths did serve as a wake-up call for many in the modeling world, and the industry in Madrid began monitoring the health of their models and barring them from walking the runway if their BMIs were too low. Yet another attack against the fashion industry involves. The objectification of women in advertisements. Many believe that the featuring of women or women's disembodied parts, such as a, a hand or a foot, encourages the idea that women are objects to be bought and sold. However, what many people don't realize is that within a photographer's creative process, he or she will take thousands of shots, experimenting with different lighting, different camera angles, and different compositions. And it's only later, within the editing process, That a shot with an artistically pleasing aesthetic could be chosen that features only a, a woman's hand for an advertisement for a bracelet or ring. Now, this shot is usually chosen because it puts enough focus on the product being sold. It is not always a subversive attempt by the advertiser to fling subliminal messages upon the consumer. My ideals and my career clash on one last issue: the wearing of furs. A year ago, I decided to become vegetarian because I'm a vehement animal lover and animal rights activist. However, this choice has often made it difficult when eating out with my friends or at school functions, because sometimes finding sources of protein other than meat can prove problematic. It has also fomented many a heated discussion at the lunch table, particularly among my male friends, who seem to have two main objections to my dietary preferences. The first being, "But plants have feelings too, Meryl." Which is mostly a futile attempt to mock me. <laughs> However, the second, which is my personal favorite, is usually, "But you can't eat bacon." Anyway, I have arrived at <laughs> many a runway show and have been asked to wear suede or leather, and have been asked to drag fur coats costing upwards of thirty thousand dollars on the runway. Now, this always shocked me because not only was I being asked to wear the skin of this poor little creature. 
I was being asked to literally drag it on the ground as if it were, it's overpriced for or were worth nothing at all, when indeed it cost more than my car. Anyway, I would always arrive at these shows with no way of knowing what I was to wear that day, and therefore I could not simply leave the show and risk ruining not only my reputation but that of my agent. Nor could I simply refuse to wear the coat and risk missing out on a perfectly good paycheck that could go into my college fund. I'm always left, you know, wishing that some pita fairy will fly in out of nowhere and just cause a ruckus, so I don't have to try to sell this coat to the audience. However, she never seems to show up, and I'm always left feeling hypocritical after walking the runway in fur. Well, now that I've stated my grievances, you are probably wondering, well, why do I model at all? Modeling really has been a great experience for me, and it has taught me to have a business savvy. Because that is really what modeling is. It is a business. Not only that, but I've cultivated relationships with many interesting people I would not have met otherwise, and I've really formed a bond with some of my modeling compatriots.、Um, also, I would like to say that yes, modeling is more lucrative and often more exciting than my previous career, babysitting. <laughs> so, and though I don't know what. Would be necessary. Well, one last. Regarding models and their roles in affecting women's body image, I truly believe it is not the responsibility of the model for this, but is it is the responsibility of the advertiser for selecting such a limited range of models to feature in these advertisements. After all, women are beautiful across the spectrum of shape and size, and this physical diversity should be reflected in advertisements as well. Um, I have one deterrent to this. I have noticed is the notion of the plus-size model. After all, we should not need this classification, as this encourages the notion that women's bodies should be categorized as one of two poles, either thin or plus. After all, Tyra Banks, who considers herself to be a promoter of a healthy body image among women, once asked a contestant on her show, America's Next Top Model, to choose between gaining or losing weight. In, because she could not either fit the category of a size two or below model, yet also could not be described as plus size. It is this disappearance of the healthy model that is truly detrimental to women's body image. I consider myself to be a healthy size, yet I have often been asked by my agent and by prospective agencies to lose weight in order to be more successful. Though I always seem to forget to diet. And I can never begrudge myself a Sprinkles red velvet cupcake because they are just too good.、Um, one of my model friends, actually, who used to be a male model, decided to leave the modeling profession in favor of photography because he could not handle the perpetual dieting that his agent encouraged him to do, which is completely understandable. For now, I'll continue to have my cupcakes and eat them too, and try to continue to represent the healthy model in the modeling world. Um, I really can't say what measures would be necessary to transform the modeling world into something that would bolster the physical and mental health of young women, as opposed to、um, contributing to its deterioration. However, I can say that it is absolutely necessary when choosing a career to consider the moral and ethical implications of said career. In the end, I've concluded that I cannot compromise. My physical health or my goals in life, in order to pursue this temporary career that is modeling, I have often been asked 
by prospective agencies to defer college in favor of pursuing a full-time modeling career in New York or L.A. However, if there's one thing I've learned to appreciate all my years here at St. John's, it's the wonder of higher education. And I've concluded that it would be in my best interest to pursue an education and obtain a different, more professional sort of career than modeling. After all, in the naive yet somehow poignant and immortal words of Derek Zoolander, there's more to life than being really, really ridiculously good-looking. <laughs> Thank you so much, you guys. Have a good day.